0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. I've come to tell somebody there is no such thing as a self-made man. We need God in every aspect of our life. I don't care how much money you might make. I don't care how good your life might seem. I don't care how smooth your road is that you're traveling. We need God, and I hope that the church would say amen to that. anybody ever put something sinful aside and turned your life towards God and found out that God has blessed you in more ways and blessed you so abundantly that you know that the hand of the Lord was on your life? Come on, has anybody ever had that happen to you? Has God blessed anybody in this place? Well, you know that it's the hand of the Lord and the blessings of the Lord. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Those that have come today seeking your answers and your touch from the Lord, I believe that you've received what you've been looking for from God today. I believe that in the Holy Ghost right now. This message today, the Lord gave it to me. And uh, I feel it's very important for some or somebody here today You know, the Bible says that you have not because you ask not. And I believe that sometimes we can be in the presence of God and walk out with nothing, empty handed, because we refuse to respond to the word of God. We refuse to respond to the spirit of God. God came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't just come to, to give us the feel-good machine. Uh, it didn't just come to make us feel like you know we can bask in His presence every once in a while. He came to transform us into something that is beautiful, that is holy, that is righteous, something that is abundant. He came to give us life. It's a free gift but you still have to open it. Yes, that's right. I've gotten free gifts before and they've been tucked away and never used. I love a gift that I can't wait to tear into and can't wait to get it out of the box. I've received a couple gifts here recently from out of the country and anxiously awaiting putting them on the wall one's already in my pocket I've got things sitting around I I admire I love a gift that is used and I love to give a gift to somebody that I know will use the gift that I give them let's get into the word of the Lord Isaiah 6 and 1 in the year that King Uzziah died Isaiah writes I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne and high and lifted up and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the Of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. My key text today is the very first verse that we read. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And I simply want to preach a message that I've entitled, When Uzziah Dies. When Uzziah Dies. You may be seated today. Amen. Why don't we just ask the Lord, would you help me pray right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in such a powerful way. Would you lift your voice with me in this place and just ask God to speak through his word right now. Jesus in your name. God, let your presence prevail Lord in our midst today. God, your word has already promised that it would never return void. That it will have an effect today. Lord, I pray that your speaker today, Lord, your man that you have placed in this pulpit today would have words of wisdom, God, that are laced with your anointing. Jesus, let the power of your spirit and the might of your word minister in this place in a mighty way. And would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house of the Lord today. Praise God. As a pastor for many years now, I've often had people that are new converts. That know very little about the Bible ask of me, you know, where I I want to start reading the word, I want to start reading the Bible, but I really don't know where to start. Can you give me some advice? Would you would you turn me in the direction of a place that would be helpful to me as a new Christian to be able to read? And Obviously it's a large book and you know most books we're trained you read starting at chapter one and you work your way all through the way through until the end. But the Bible is many books that are put together and so many times uh, people don't know where to start. And so if you were a new Christian and you would ask me to give you a place to start reading the Bible, oftentimes I will direct people to where the New Testament church was founded. I'll tell them to go and begin reading in the book of Acts and it will give them the history of the church that we're a part of today. Uh, But I would not turn them to the book of Isaiah. If you were struggling with grief or maybe needing encouragement, I might send you to the Psalms so that you could read out of David's writing and some of the beautiful lyrics and some of the beautiful words and scriptures that he has left for us that give us encouragement and direct us towards God. But I would not direct you to the book of Isaiah. Now, don't take me wrong today. I'm not categorizing one book above the other. Every part of the word of God is important. There is none of it that is lesser or greater than the rest because it it is all intertwined together. I'm not saying that the book of Isaiah is any less important than any other books that are in the book of the Bible. But if you want to read some depressing stuff, then open up your Bible to the book of Isaiah and read the first five chapters. If you're just a little bit too happy and you just have a little bit too much joy and you just like to have a down day, Open up your Bible to the book of Isaiah and start reading. It'll knock the joy right out of you. It'll wipe the smile right off your face. And it doesn't take very long. You can turn to the very first chapter of the book of Isaiah. And by verse number four, you already know that things are getting a little bit heavy. It begins by saying, "Ah, sinful nation, people laden with iniquity, a seed of evil doers." He's describing God's people. He's describing. The, the life in which he is living, the surroundings, the, the people of, of God that are there, and he's saying to them, You are a steed of evildoers, your children that are corrupt. They have forsaken the Lord. They provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backwards. He says, Woe unto the wicked. I jumped down because I'm not going to read the entire thing. I don't want to drive you all to tears today. But Isaiah is speaking to a group of idolatrous people. He says it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink. Wow. What if I got up here and said, unless you change your life by this time next week, now my wife always has these beautiful things going uh, in the plug-ins around here. In the church you walk into it, it smells like Hawaiian breeze is what, it's, is what it's called. always smells good. But I can remember a time in this church when it didn't smell so good. When we had a skunk underneath the church one day. What if I said, unless y'all change your life by this time next week, I'm going to drag me a bunch of dead skunks in here, and I'm going to lay them all over this place, and everything about this place will stink to high heaven. Not a good way to build a church. But Isaiah is telling them, instead of a girdle, instead of... A girdle, a rent, instead of a well set hair, you're gonna be bald instead of a, a, a stomach girding of sackcloth and burning instead of beauty. He, he's telling him all these things. He's telling him what they could have and what they could be, but he's saying, Because you have turned your back on God, this is what has become of us. Your gates shall lament and mourn. You're going to be desolate sitting upon the ground. At one point, Isaiah even has the gall to compare Judah to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, that's a low hit. Isaiah, isn't that a little bit below the belt, buddy? Isn't that going a little too far? But he's trying to help them to understand the gravity of what has taken place. Amen. If you're looking for light, easy reading, you might want to try an encyclopedia before you pick up the book of Isaiah. It's heavy. And there's a reason that things are so bleak. It's because the city... The nation that Isaiah loves, Judah, has fallen into idolatry under the reign of its king. The king's name was Uzziah and also his son, Jotham, who is now co-regent with him since Uzziah was stricken with leprosy. But what makes Isaiah so upset is he remembers what it used to be like. You ever had something change, something that's no longer the the same, but you can remember the way things used to be? We do that a lot around here. Oh, the good old days. You know one thing that I miss from when I was a kid? There used to be a Mexican restaurant. Now, not a uh, high-priced restaurant, but it was called Zantigo's. Does anybody remember Zantigo's? Four or five of us. There was one down in Carbondale. There was a Mexican restaurant by the name of Zantigo's. Taco Bell bought them out and Zantigo's went away. Zantigo's used to have the best, they called it a taco burrito. But what made it so good was their sauce was incredible. And I'd have my mom go there and they'd make you a burrito about the size of my Bible right here, it was massive. And I, mom would say, How many do you want today? And I'd say, Three. And I would eat three of those massive burritos smothered in that sauce. Well, it's been a long time since I've had a Zantigo taco burrito with Zantigo sauce on it. And I miss it. And if somebody could come up with that, I've gone on the Internet and searched, is there any Zantigos left anywhere in the United States? Because if I'm ever traveling and I come across one, I am Stopping. Because I can remember how good it used to be. And Isaiah is living in the midst of all this idolatry. But his mind takes him back to a place when the people of God served Yahweh. They loved God. Things were better. Things were great under Uzziah when Uzziah first took office. Things were beautiful. And Isaiah remembers better days. Uzziah started his reign at a young age of sixteen. Sixteen years old and he's crowned king. When I was sixteen years old, my greatest worry was waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror, and find a big old red pimple right on the end of my nose that I was gonna have to deal with the rest of the day at school and have everybody call me Rudolph the red nose reindeer, something like that. I didn't have to run a country. There were no real pressures. I was a 16-year-old kid, but here he is, 16 years old, and he is running a country, and he started off good. He proved to be a good king, and Israel prospered so much under his leadership that besides one other king in Israel's history, no one was more prosperous even than Solomon than Uzziah was. It was good times. It was smooth times. 2 Kings 15 3 tells us that Uzziah also sometimes recorded it as Azariah in some places. He started off good and the Lord was pleased with him because 2 Kings says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. How many know that when we do what is right in the sight of the Lord that God blesses his people? Has anybody ever put something sinful aside and turned your life towards God and found out that God has blessed you in more ways and blessed you so abundantly that you know that the hand of the Lord was on your life? Come on, has anybody ever had that happen to you? Has God blessed anybody in this place? Well, you know that it's the hand of the Lord and the blessings of the Lord. We don't, like hard times and we don't like trials i'll be the first to say i like when things are running smooth i like when things are going easy but i will say that when hard times come and when trials are a part of my life life that they make me realize my need for god amen we've got to be able to handle the blessings or easy times can breed complacency and pride in our walk with god and unfortunately for King Uzziah, this is what happened to him. Uzziah was a great success. He had built walls for protection. The people felt safe. He'd supplied his fighting men with the best armor and weapons that could be provided for them. He had a large army. He even built machines on the walls of the city that could shoot arrows out against their enemies and throw boulders on all these engines that, that he designed that were like that created for him a little bit of fame in the area and fear. People feared him and he became famous. Success was his. Success is a beautiful thing when it's handled properly. But success can do strange things to a person when it's not handled properly. Success that's not put in its proper place can cause a person to be full of pride and not see God as their provider, but themselves as their own provider. Well, I've made enough money in a lifetime that I'll never be able to spend it. I work with a guy uh, like that. He he talks about all the money that he's made. He makes good money working where he's at, kept his bills low, and his wife makes more money than he does. He he comes in walking one day and he tells me, I've got money that'll never see the light of day. I said, Well, I can sure show it some light if you want to pass it my way. I've got money that'll never see a dark place. It just comes in one hand and Just transferred to the next. (laughs) Uzziah looked around at He felt safe, and his people were happy, and and something began to happen. But I've come to tell somebody there is no such thing as a self-made man. We need God in every aspect of our life. I don't care how much money you might make. I don't care how good your life might seem. I don't care how smooth your road is that you're traveling. We need God, and I hope that the church would say amen to that. Uzziah makes a terrible mistake. His pride and arrogance caused him to overstep the boundaries that God had laid out in the sanctuary. And he goes into the sanctuary and he begins to prepare to burn incense. You can find this recorded in the book of 2 Chronicles 26.16. It says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. Not when he was weak, not when he was building, but when he felt like he had it all together. When he felt like he was safe from his enemies. And when he felt like he had enough money set aside that he would never have to want for anything. The Bible says that when he was strong that his heart was lifted up. Another verse says that he was filled with Pride and it goes on to say to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord, his God. <coughs> pardon me, and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Azariah, who was the priest, he sees what's about ready to happen. He knows what's at stake here. Now, Uzziah didn't realize it. He's a little puffed up with himself now. He's feeling his oats, so to speak. And he says, you know what? All the, I'm tired of going to the priest and having them burn the incense for me. I think I'll step in. I can handle this myself. Don't they know who I am? I don't need the man of God in my life for me to worship God. Yeah, I can worship him on my own. And he oversteps and goes in and grabs the incense incense and Azariah says you're about ready to make a mistake and he gathers 80 of the other priests to go in and stop Uzziah from committing this sin he says don't do this I know you're king but Uzziah don't do this don't go down this road you're trespassing in a place that even you are as king aren't allowed to be I'm just offering up incense to God. I'm just worshiping Him. But you're trying to usurp His law and His plan. God will not look at your worship and what you're doing as being honorable, but God will see what you're doing as something that is dishonorable. But instead of allowing Himself to be corrected, Uzziah became angry. Became furious with the priest. And what could have been avoided by having a good spirit became his legacy. Because immediately the Bible says that he was stricken with leprosy. If he would have only listened to the man of God. If he'd have backed up and said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize or you're, you know what? You're, you're right. Maybe I have overstepped and backed up. He may have had to pay a penalty of sorts, but now he has leprosy and leprosy condemned him to never being allowed to step into the sanctuary or the house of God again. He was continually separated from the sanctuary, cut off from the house of the Lord for the rest of his life. There's a lot of things that scare me. Some more than others. When I heard that my daughter had melanoma cancer, I was scared. When I stood at the bedside as my little one-year-old grandson had his heart stopped to try to get it put back into rhythm, I was scared. There's been a few times in my life where I have literally felt fearful, but there is nothing in my life. There is nothing that I fear more in this entire world than feeling cut off from the presence of almighty God. I need him more today than I've ever needed him. And I'm going to need him more tomorrow than I need him today. I must have God in my life. Everything that Uzziah accomplished mattered not one little teeny tiny bit. It all became swallowed up and none remembered him for the good. Pride was his legacy. He went down in the word of God as being cut off from the presence of God and the sanctuary of God. Because he was full of pride and Uzziah could have been a great king with a great legacy. One of success and glory. But because of pride that swelled up inside of himself and said I don't need no man of God telling me how to live. I want to do this thing my own way. I want to worship my own way. I want to go and do and say whatever I want to say whenever I want to go and do and say it. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. I've got enough money in my account. I've got enough fame and fortune. I don't need God's help. And so he goes down in the history books as the king who could not enter the sanctuary, struck with leprosy. The sixth chapter of Isaiah struck me so strongly the other day that I wrote myself a little note. I was in a place I couldn't study, couldn't delve into it at the time. I wrote myself a little note because I didn't want to forget it. I was reading and I noticed a change here. There's a change that takes place. If you read the first five chapters and then you start to read the 6th you you'll notice this flip that takes place in Isaiah's writings And so I, I asked myself, why? I asked myself, why did Isaiah start this chapter off the way that he did? I, I know that it represents some sort of a defining timeline to say in the year that King Uzziah died. I, I get that, that it's a pinpoint in time, a reference that we can go back to and understand when this took place that he began to see the things that he began to see as he records it in chapter 6. But I felt like the Lord was telling me, dig deeper. Could there be more to it than just a defining timeline? Could there be a message here for the one that might dig into what Isaiah was trying to say to a student than the casual reader might miss? as he casually reads through the book. Something happens when Uzziah dies that changes some things in Isaiah's life. Isaiah 6 and 1 said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. I just want to take the next few moments as I wind this message down, I've spent the last 20, 25 minutes setting up the story of what Isaiah was dealing with and the type of people that God's people, the, the type of city that Judah was. It was a place where God's voice had been squelched. It was a place where there weren't many signs, miracles and wonders taking place it was a place where nobody showed up for worship in the sanctuary but everybody was headed up to the idol worshiping places the high places that they would go to nobody wanted to hear what God had to say until Uzziah died Oftentimes, as goes a leader goes a nation This was just the case. But Uzziah wasn't going to live forever. Isaiah writes in the year that King Uzziah died. Some things began to happen. He says, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne. Amen. Something he probably hadn't seen in a long time because pride had been alive in the nation. Something that he had not been a part of or been able to grasp in quite a long time because pride had ruled the day. But once pride died, amen, victory was back in the picture. God was made clear again. He said, I saw him high and lifted up up and his train filled the temple. It had been a long time since the victory had been felt around that place for Isaiah because pride had squelched everything that God was trying to do. But he said I saw something that gave me hope. I saw the Lord and he was high and he was lifted up and his train filled the temple. In the Old Testament when a king would win a battle they would attach another piece of cloth to his cape to his train and the longer that the train met, uh, was behind the king was the more uh, it was representative of more battles that had been won of more victories that had been won Isaiah said I see a time of coming now that pride has been swept aside when we're going to see some victories again amen maybe pride has caused idolatry to come in but it's about time for God and his voice to be heard it's about time to hear God clearly again, and Isaiah said, I see a new dispensation. Above it stood the seraphim, and each one had six wings. Two wings covered his face, two wings covered his feet, and he used two wings to fly. And one cried to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Do you believe that angels are in our midst today? How long has it been since you felt the brush of God? How long has it been since you felt a supernatural presence sweep into the room, into your home? How long has it been since you've knelt down to pray and you felt like your your prayers were hitting a ceiling but but, but you remember a time when all you had to do was whisper the name of Jesus and the supernatural took place. Pride has a way of killing those things. The door post moved at the voice of him that cried. The house was filled with smoke. God's voice was shaking things again. There was a time when Isaiah said, I don't know if I'll ever see change. I don't know if we'll ever see revival. Not as long as Uzziah is alive. Not as long as pride is reigning the kingdom. But when Uzziah died, something began to change in the heart of the man of God. And he said, Woe is me. I'm a mess. I'm undone. He said, I'm a wreck. Here I am, look at look at the work that's around me. I, I I get it, God. That you're going to change some things, but you're going to have to change me first, because I am just a royal mess. And one of the angelic beings took a live coal. He put it on his mouth. He said, "No, your sin's been removed. Your iniquity." Has been taken away, but where did the live coal come from? It came from off the altar. And what takes place on the altar? Because this is key sacrifice takes place on an altar. The very first thing that had to happen before revival could begin to take place in Judah something had to die on the altar. The coal came from the altar, was placed upon the man of God's lips, and then he spoke these words, Here am I. Send me. Would you stand with me today as the music comes? There are two things that will totally destroy a church from ever being able to grow. I'm not talking about just numerically. I'm talking about spiritually. Pride and refusal to sacrifice. And there's one thing that gets us into a place and a position where both of those things become very Very dangerous. That is when we're going through easy times. When we feel successful. When there's nothing that seems to be going haywire in our life. We feel like we can make it without Him. If we want revival, if we want to see the supernatural if we want angels walking amongst us if we want ministries birth if we want people to say here am I, send me God, it's not, I know it's not going to be easy and I know the task seems major everything around us is a mess including me God and here I am I, I know what's right but I, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do to fix it I don't know how I'm going to talk to that loved one that's such a wreck I don't know what to say to them because I'm a wreck myself God I'm undone remember this God can fix anyone who's not afraid of a little sacrifice. God can fix anyone at anything that's willing to be around when Uzziah dies, when pride gets buried when we quit caring what people are going to say or what they're going to think or how they're going to react and we just fall in love with the mission and we just say, God... I can't imagine that loved one burning in hell for eternity. I can't imagine that person that is my friend being lost forever. I can't imagine that person that I just met and shook hands with in the grocery store aisle and made an acquaintance with. I can't imagine what would happen if I can't get to them with your message and your gospel. The spirit of Uzziah. The spirit of complacency and ease will destroy a growing, thriving church like this one. And that's why it's so imperative that Uzziah dies. Uzziah must die inside of me. Pride must be pushed aside so that the coal of the Spirit of God can be taken off the altar where sacrifices have been made and put to my lips and change my tone, change my thoughts, change the words that are coming out of my mouth from being woe and undone to here am I Lord send me send me God If nobody else will do it, God. Don't let me get to the place where I'm satisfied and I feel like my barns are full and I'm able to sit back and take my ease. Not as long as there's one soul that still remains that is lost. Don't let pride keep me, Jesus, from reaching out to the hurting don't let my life become so easy that I'm unwilling to be inconvenienced when a soul is on the line. I'm done today. I've got more, but I think the Lord is just calling us today. It's not a time to really pray for each other, but I, I just feel a call over the next few minutes, however long I've done what I feel like the Lord has wanted me to do today. Don't let the spirit of Uzziah keep you where you're at when God wants to take your iniquity away, when God wants you to begin to speak new words, words of life, when God is calling you back into a place of sacrifice is there anybody here today my eyes are closed I'm not looking but was there anybody here today that would just make your way up to this altar and put your hands up in the air and say here am I Lord send me God pride has kept me from making that phone call Pride has kept me from writing that letter. Pride has kept me from knocking on that door. Pride, God, has kept me from reaching out to that person. God, the spirit of Uzziah must die. Uzziah has to die in me. God, send me. Send me today, Jesus. I don't want someone's blood on my hand. I don't want God to go to heaven without my children, without my husband, without my wife, Lord, that is not serving you. God is it worth sacrificing a few meals? Is it worth putting some things on the altar, God, so that a little fire may be kindled, Jesus, and a few hot coals can be brought God to change the way that I have conversation to change the words that I speak would you just touch us with a burden God today God that sometimes is easily lost God when we feel that we've made it to success Lord would you touch us today as they begin to sing? Would you just raise your hands? Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's Podcast. God bless.